passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast hosted by the starting kicker of your Golden Gophers, Matthew Trickett, and me, Tony Liebert. Um, after, I guess, a week absence for today's episode, we'll be recapping Minnesota's um, defeat against Iowa, 13-10, to um, and previewing, I guess, the rest of the season. Obviously, regular season finale against Wisconsin, still a lot to play for. Um, and then we'll uh, look ahead to the rest of the season. Um, so I guess just hopping in right to the Iowa game. It obviously um, very disappointing loss on all aspects. Um, very close game. Um, just a few bounces here and there. It kind of reminded me a lot of the other home loss this season to Purdue. Um, there were a lot of opportunities to win both of those games. And there were just a few bounces that didn't go your guys' way once again. And it was just too many mistakes to overcome in the end, I think. Yeah. And we knew that coming in, it was going to be a super close game. So we talked about being precise the entire week and, you know, making sure those little margins for error get closed even tighter and, you know, it it did come down to those plays, and that's where we got beat, really. It wasn't the entire game, us getting beat up or them getting beat up. It really came down to, you know, the final minute and who had the ball and who valued the ball more. Um, and, you know, we had two turnovers. They didn't have any, and really the game could have gone either way, and like Coach Flex said, somebody had to come out of that game with a win, and sadly, it was not us. We just had uh, one too many mistakes. Yeah, I I would imagine a loss like this is really one of the more uh, frustrating ones you can have, obviously, because like you, uh, you guys outgained Iowa by 120 total yards, uh, more first downs, more third downs, and – it's really in all uh, facets of the game. It just seemed like there, there was no uh, person, no, <laughs> excuse me, no part of the team or the game you could point to that that was like, oh, the Gophers are struggling there. It seemed like all twenty-two players, both sides of the ball, came to play on most plays of the game, 
And um, like you said, it's just leading up to the game, everyone was pointing at the turnover battle and said this is going to have a huge aspect in this game. Because when you get Iowa and Minnesota that have these similar styles of playing where they like to uh, slow the game down, like to have long possessions, like to rely on their defense – the margin for error is so small, and one or two turnovers there can just have a drastic impact on the game. And I guess from your point of view, in a game like this, it's obviously when it does just come down to a few plays, it's really easy to point fingers at people or things that happen in the game. Um, I guess how do you guys kind of avoid that? Because it – like everyone played well in the game. Like there was, uh, like objectively, I, I think nobody really played poorly, and it's just that has to be just really frustrating from a team's aspect. So how do you guys, I guess, just react to that? Yeah, I mean, like you said, in a game like that where every possession matters, um, the ball is huge, and you have to take care of the ball. And like you said, nobody really had a bad game. Um, it just seemed like each time we went out there, it just wasn't enough to get over the hump, get over the edge. You know, we had certain plays that maybe if we go back, um, we would change one aspect of it and then that would change the entire game, you know, but in the moment you have to stick with what you're feeling in that moment and, how the game is called and you just have to go out there and execute. And for the most part, I think our players went out there and executed, but you know, with a team like Iowa that wants to run down the clock and really kill the game um, from like a time standpoint, um, you just have to be on top of everything. And I cannot say that we were on top of everything. I mean, special teams wise, I missed an easy field goal right before the half that could have really helped, um, you know, our possessions later on in the fourth quarter. Maybe we're not uh, being as aggressive going in and trying to score where, you know, we had the turnovers. Maybe we can be a little bit more four minute offense and just try and run the clock out. And, you know, that, hugely impacts the game and you know i i put a lot of blame on myself because i make those field goals all the time and it's it was nothing huge it was nothing special but you know those are the ones that i have to make and that's when the team needs me the most so you know i failed in that category but um overall it wasn't you know, just one person. It was a combination of things, and that's what we kind of have to learn from and grow from. So, yeah, uh, I guess how do you, I guess, kind of handle that personally? Because I think, uh, anyone who plays team sports at a high level is going to have one situation or one game in their life where there is a big play that didn't go the way that they wanted to but in a game like this kind of like I mentioned it's it wasn't just your missed kick there was five or six big plays that could have had a massive impact on the game and obviously did have a massive impact on the game so how I guess do you separate putting yourself at a high standard and knowing that that's a kick obviously you would like to make but also realizing that 
your kick didn't lose the game. Like there were other plays that happened. So I guess as a division one football kicker, how do you handle that? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, everybody knows a kicker's job is to make the field goal score points. Yeah. Um, so when you don't execute on that, that doesn't happen. Um, you know, you feel a sense of disappointment for your teammates, you know, the offense that works so hard to get the ball that close to set up those points. Um, and, you know, I just feel like I let them down. Um, and that's really hard uh, to kind of look them in the face after that. And Like they have my back at all times and they'll tell me like, it's fine. But in the grand scheme of things, I know that, you know, our team really needs those points and that's kind of built into our game plan that, those field goals are going to go our way and, you know, we'll get three points from that and we can continue building off of that. Um, so there's the aspect of disappointment, but then there's also the aspect of, <clears throat> Hey, that field goal was early on in the game. There's plenty of game left. Um, you're going to get need to get your head right to get back in the game because not only does the team need me on the field to, score points, you know, when we get back in field goal range or after we score a touchdown, but also just to the leadership aspect and how are we going to learn from that and really build off of that, even though it was a disappointment. Yeah, because I guess for example, like obviously this is on a much lower scale, but uh, like when I played high school football, there was like a game my senior year where uh, we scored like a touchdown at the end of the game to uh, go ahead. And it was like right at the end of the game. So it was probably like five seconds left on the clock. And it was like a fourth down. And it got called back because I had like a holding penalty. And kind of like I mentioned, it's just when you play team sports like that and there's a situation like that, everyone can obviously tell you they're like, oh, one play didn't decide the game. But it's just personally, any human being with emotions is just going to have that lonely feeling where they're they put it all on that because it's obviously easier said than done to uh say that your team has your back um but if you just put yourself at a high standard it's hard to pretend like it didn't happen and it's hard to move on and that i think that's what kind of separates obviously good athletes from great athletes is the ability to compartmentalize and move on to the next play but I guess even going into other mistakes that happened in the game, like there were those two turnovers at the end of the game and turnovers in football are such an interesting play because in the grand scheme of things, they might be a little luck driven at the end of the day because uh, like it, it's one bounce on an interception and it goes to someone's hands at that. That's not 100% like sustainable. And uh, like Mo fumbling, like that happened maybe four times in his whole career. That's something that's not going to happen often. Um, so in a game like this, when there's those two turnovers, like it, there's just luck that goes into it at the end of the day, and it just seems like this team and this program the last few years just can't find that luck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it's. It is very disappointing to see because, you know, I remember last year against Iowa, I think 
that was, uh, again, another two or three point loss. I forget exactly what the score was, um, but it just, it always seems to come down to who gets the bounce at the right time. And it's, it's crazy that it never seems to go our way. And I know that's going to change and Floyd will be in Minnesota sooner than we know it, but yeah, I mean, it comes down to those bounces sometimes and I mean, I don't know how else to put it really um, because we had an opportunity, I think right after we turned over the ball and, you know, a little different bounce and we could have intercepted the ball and had it again inside yeah. the 15 yard line. You know, those are the plays that you think about and keeps you up at night because if they went a different way, then that's, that could be the game for us. And that could be the deciding factor. Um, you know, maybe it's us needing to see that and, um, you know, not play differently, but maybe prepare a little differently and prepare for different kinds of bounces. I don't know exactly how you're going to be able to pull that off and, you know, predict the different bounces that a football shaped object can bounce. But, um, you know, that's, that's the game and that's what makes it so awesome to watch. But at the same time, it makes it extremely difficult to uh, prepare for. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of looking at some some of the positives. Obviously, Mo had such a big game, and it was really just a masterclass performance other than that one fumble. And, like, you could give Mo 500 carries, and he might not fumble once. And, like, it just happened on that play, and – 39 carries for 263 and a touchdown. It, uh, I believe it was the first time a uh, player rusher even over 200 yards against the Iowa defense in over 100 years, which is just a remarkable number. But um, it, it's just, like you said, it's just the bounces and because football is a sport where you can, a lot of the time, like if, for example, like if USC and UCLA are playing, they're scoring 45 and 50 points that a few bounces here and there are a little different in that game than it is in this game. And that's what makes football so interesting is like Iowa and Minnesota are playing the same sport, but uh, one one play at the end of the game can just have a complete like paradigm shift on what's going to happen. And it's just – it was a really, really – interesting football game to watch because you look at the stat sheet, you look at the game, uh, it just seemed like the Gophers dominated in all aspects of the game and they didn't dominate in the scoreboard. So it's just, it's just a really, really, that's like you mentioned it, that's football and that's what makes it football. Um, But it's just, it's, it's an interesting game. And this, this proved it once again, that it just, it really is the the best reality TV show in the world. It's just you can't predict what's going to happen. And it's just like I think if you asked any person that knows anything about either one of these teams, if Mo had 40 carries for 263 yards, I bet 
he Gophers win that game 99 out of 100 times. And it's just you didn't get the two bounces. And it just – you just can't do anything about it. And it's just such a weird, weird game. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it it's a rivalry game. Everybody knows that. Everybody, you know, prepares a little bit extra for those rivalry games because they just have a little bit more meaning than the rest. And, you know, the us and Iowa are very similar teams and how we play and how we go about doing our business. Um, you know, very strong defenses and run first offenses. So it's, it's always a fantastic matchup to watch and to be a part of. Um, but, you know, we always talk about the different things that can separate us from other teams and, even sometimes when those separate you from the other team, it doesn't always reflect that on the scoreboard. And that's, that's I believe, what we saw on Saturday, that even though we had the edge in the stat book and, you know, all these different categories, it comes down to the scoreboard at the end of the game. And we weren't able to put up the points when we needed to. And I was able to capitalize on – you know, the very few mistakes that we made in the game. Yeah, it just, like, right after the game, like, I was uh, talking with my roommates who obviously go to the University of Minnesota, so they're fans of the team, and they obviously have opinions and want to point fingers at why the Gophers lost. And But, like, ultimately, they're we're all pretty smart fans of the team, so then you wake up the next day and you realize, like, this was one of those games that you – I don't think you can realistically put it on anyone because, like, even if you look at, like, the offensive line, they had zero sacks allowed and a whopping 6.2 yards per carry on 50 carries. Like, that's a remarkable number, and I think, especially with the way the Gophers are designed, if you reach those numbers and most games against most teams, you're going to win. Yeah. Um, and the defense – played very, very well after those two first drives. I think allowed around 100 or even less yard total yards in the second half. Um, Cody Lindenberg continues to impress. He's one name on defense that I just wanted to mention that he's really had a big second half of the year. Um, Tyler Newbin looks like a bona fide, really superstar second half of the year, too. Um, I think he could hear his name called very early in the NFL draft. And even uh, Terrell T-Time-Smith, another guy who made, makes a lot of plays, I think he has two and a half sacks over the last two games. Um, and it's just when you get all those big plays, the offensive line's performing well. Um, Ethan performed very well for a redshirt freshman in such a big moment. Um, he was he was making those plays that might not show up on the scoreboard. Like there was one sack he evaded that was just a massive play, I think, on a third down that he picked up a first down. And it just kind of like I've been saying, you just there was no person or coach or player you can really even point a finger to. And those are the games that are the most frustrating because it's really hard to think to yourself, like, why did you lose this game? And when you have a reason, it's a lot easier to settle with that, obviously. Um, but uh, on the grand scheme of things, too, like, 
Uh, 13 points allowed this game. That is now the eighth out of 11 games that you guys have allowed less, 13 or less points, which is just a crazy number. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's just it was just one of those games. I think that's really all you can chalk it up to. It was really one of those days in college football. It was just a lot. It, it seemed like there weren't many big games across the country, and then all of them turned to be super close and super polarizing at the end of the game. And it, it really was just one of those days, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, you we have that scrolling uh, scoreboard on the I forget what section it is, but you know, it's in the second row, and it shows yeah. all the uh, scores from around the country. And you're, you know, during the TV timeouts, I like to look up at those and kind of see what else is going on. And throughout the entire game, you know, they had close scores up there, and that's. November football, that's championship football. Um, that's when, you know, the best teams go out there and play the best games. So every game is going to be close, and it doesn't matter really what people's record is at the end of the day in November because people are playing for a spot in the conference championship. They're playing for bowl eligibility. They're playing for rivalry games. Like, that's, that's November football. So everybody has something at stake and every team is able to kind of rally behind that. So, you know, both teams for us had, you know, the big 10 West at stake and we both knew that. And I think the guys that you mentioned, you know, Cody um, had a huge game. Tea time had a huge game. Uh, Noob and again with a huge game. Like those are the guys that you need to step up in November football and play their best games. And even when they do that, sometimes it still just isn't enough. And uh, you know, I don't want to dwell too much on this loss because it was it was a tough one, and we have to kind of move on and learn from it because we have you know our biggest rivalry. Uh, in Wisconsin this week. And that's a huge way to close out this season. And, you know, for myself as a senior to leave the program on a win against uh, our biggest rival is really all I can ask for now. So that's what I'm focusing on right now. And I believe the rest of the team is focusing on, Um, you know, we are going to be able to take a lot of things from that Iowa game because, it's, I feel like, going to be a very similar game against Wisconsin. Um, once again, Big Ten football in November, pretty much as far north as you can get. So it's going to be cold. It's going to be good defense against good defense and two fantastic running backs going off against each other. So I think we can truly learn a lot from this loss and apply it already this next week and keep the ax in minnesota yeah i i mean oh you mentioned obviously being a senior this is last few uh football games you're gonna play in college and um obviously saturday was uh senior day at huntsman bank stadium um i oh what what were i guess your thoughts on the whole senior day festivities and uh, it's obviously an emotional thing for any player to 
realize it, it is your last home game and uh, you could be uh, playing some of the last football you do in your whole life. So I guess what were your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I mean, it is a great time for reflecting on everybody's career and everybody's um, beginnings and kind of how they handled different adversity. And, you know, I can say for myself that I've lost a lot of football games in college. You know, I wasn't always a part of the Minnesota family um, and I've lost a lot of football games and I've learned a lot through my five years of college football. And I know that the guys who walked out on that field for senior day with me, uh, all those who were in Minnesota since the beginning, you know, they have an awesome story to tell and, I believe everybody in Minnesota should be extremely grateful for those guys and what they've been able to do with this program. And, you know, it, it's a special time. Um, you know, I'm so happy and grateful to have been accepted into this program and, um, you know, been able to bond with these guys that are so special to this state. And, you know, it was, it was just a special time. Uh, my whole family was there, so it was awesome to see them out on the field and be able to hug them and just appreciate them and everything that they've done for me and everything that Minnesota's done for me. And, uh, you know, it's been a great, great five years of college football, and I look forward to playing more years after this. But, you know, we can only take what we're given right now, so – the most important thing right now to everybody is the axe and we have it right now. We've had it for the last 360 days. So we need to make it, uh, you know, 720 days. Yeah. I, I guess now looking ahead to the game on Saturday, um, it is such like, obviously Iowa is such an emotional game, like leading up to it. And it's such an emotional way for that game to end. So, how how hard is it to, I guess, flip the switch that quickly and just forget about that game and focus on Wisconsin? Because at the end of the day, that is really all you can do because you can't change the result of the Iowa game. So I, I guess what are your what are your early thoughts on Wisconsin and how do you guys, I guess, get prepared to emotionally reset for this game? Yeah. Um, you know, emotionally it is it is difficult to get past a loss like that um you know we always say take play with emotions but don't be emotional and you know i think we save all of our emotions during the game for you know after the game and really try to reflect on what went right what went wrong and stuff like that so when you don't when you're not emotional during the game and don't let your emotions get the best of you, uh, sometimes after the games, you know, that's all you are. You're just kind of an emotional mess, you know, trying to process everything. Um, so it is tough to get past a loss like that. But, I mean, I think our whole team is on the same page after a good Sunday yesterday. And just getting back to – the people in that building and, you know, how much our team loves one another and how much we want to do the right thing for each other. And, 
we know that there's nothing that we can do now to change what happened in Iowa. You know, we can reflect on it, we can learn from it, but we can't change the outcome of it right now. So, you know, that's next year. Um, that's that team and how they can match up against Iowa. But for now, it's the Axe. It's Wisconsin. And, you know, it's in Madison, so it's going to be hostile. And, you know, I'm pretty sure nobody there likes the Gophers. <laughs> and nobody in Minnesota likes the Badgers. So, um, you know, it's one of the, I think, most – one of the most long-standing rivalries, I believe. Yeah, I think it might be the oldest one ever, technically. Yeah, and I think even consecutive like games yeah. played year after year, I believe it has that record as well. So, you know, it's great importance, and we're always told that this rivalry has been going on 100 right. years before we've played in it, and it's going to continue 100 years after us. So we're – very lucky to be a part of that game and it's not going to be taken lightly at all. Yeah. I, I think that's really the only mindset you can have. Um, it's it just in this era of, I guess, college football, it's really easy for people to like when the Gophers obviously have this goal of playing in the uh, big 10 championship, winning the big 10 West. And when that, doesn't happen it's real easy for a lot of people to be like oh the season's over this game doesn't matter like oh let's play in a bowl game and move on like what makes college football college football are these rivalry games and each regular season game means more than the postseason sometimes and like a game like this really almost is your like i think most realistic gophers fans would argue that this game's obviously way bigger than any bowl game you could play in at this point so it's like this is your bowl game. Like this is your – I don't want to say it's your Super Bowl, but it's it's the like the biggest game of the year is the next game on the schedule, and this is the next one on the schedule. And I think it's going to be a fun one to watch. And lot, still a lot to play for for both teams. It, like you said, it's one of the best rivalries in college football. And uh, you just got to look forward and uh, play who's in front of you. And uh, that that's sports and that's college football. Exactly. Um, it is college football, and not everybody has such an intense rivalry game that they look forward to every year. Yeah. Uh, with such a historic trophy and historic past. So, like I said, we're all really lucky to have the opportunity to play in such a storied rivalry like it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lot more than just this game for a lot of people. And it means so much to both states and both universities. So we know that we take a lot of pride in that. And I believe that's going to be the focus of our preparation and uh, how we go about defeating the Badgers. Yeah. I, I think that's really all you can, you can do. Um, like I said, it's going to be a big game, 2.30 kickoff on um, ESPN, I believe. Um, I think that's all we got uh, for this week's episode. As always, I appreciate everyone for listening. Um, row the boat, Sky Umont, and go Gophers.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.